My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hello, everyone. Britt here today. Welcome back to the Six Figure Podcast Rebels. We have I'm bringing on a guest today with a very powerful story. Super excited for it. The guest I'm bringing on today, from homeless to hero, Michael Unbroken is the founder of Think Unbroken, best-selling author, award-winner speaker, podcast host, and advocate for adult survivor survivors of childhood trauma. Since 2016, Michael has empowered over 100,000 trauma survivors to get out of the vortex, learn to love themselves, and become the hero of their own story. Michael has spoken in over 80 countries, won investments from undercover billionaire Grant Cardone, has the mission to end, and has the mission to end generational trauma in his lifetime. Everyone, please welcome this hero. Welcome on, Mike. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your day to jump on and share your valuable insight and your story with everyone listening today. I appreciate it. And I'm super pumped for this interview. Um, We're going to have a lot of takeaways. You know, we'll go over some wins, what's working, some of the challenges. We'll talk about your story. So we're going to have some great conversation within that alone. How's it going? Yeah, I'm amazing. It's uh, awesome to be here with you. I'm super excited. And uh, I know that we're going to have a killer conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. So before we we really jump in, Michael, do you mind just, you know, going ahead and telling us a little bit of your, your story? Tell us your background. How did you get to where you are today? Because I think it's so powerful and um, you're doing absolutely fantastic. And I'd really love to share it with the people listening. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, so I always preface when I start this is please, if you're listening to this, do not compare your story to mine. We live two very different lives. And I think sometimes people are like, oh, holy shit, this guy's story is so crazy. Like I can never, it doesn't matter. Live your life. I'll live mine. We'll intersect where we intersect. So I grew up in Indianapolis. My mother was a drug addict and alcoholic. Um, And in fact, when I was four years old, she cut off my right index finger. And people always be like, wow, how could your mom do that to you? And I always try to remind people, hurt people, hurt people. I saw the abuse she went through with her mother and so on and so forth. She married my stepfather when I was six. He was super abusive. The kind of guy you praise, never your stepfather, beat the crap out of my brothers and I, put me in the hospital multiple times. And, you know, for a lot of my childhood, I just remember being like, okay, something here is wrong. Like this, this, this doesn't feel right. Like what is actually going on here? We spent a lot of time deeply impoverished and homeless. And in fact, from eight to 12 years old, I lived over 30 different families getting bounced around place to place to place. I mean, I never knew where I was going to be. I was separated from my brothers, from my parents, because my mom was in and out of rehab. My stepfather was over the road truck driver. And like, sometimes I'd be with the church family. Sometimes I'd be with strangers. Sometimes we'd sleep in a van on the side of the road. Like it was crazy. And when I was about 12 years old, when they went through a divorce, because they were super volatile with each other, my grandmother actually came and adopted me 
after she found out I'd been living by myself in an abandoned house for six weeks. And so she comes and takes me, which is in some sense, like a, a godsend, right? Uh, except I'm biracial, black and white. And my grandma's an old racist ass white lady from a town in Tennessee you never heard of. So, and I mean this literally, like there was a copy of Hitler's autobiography, Mein Kampf on our kitchen table. My uncle's in the Aryan Brotherhood. Like this was some for real stuff. And so I start doing drugs at 12 years old because I'm like trying to just turn everything off, right? I'm trying to get away. I'm trying to escape from it. So at 12 years old, I start getting high for the first time, popping pills, smoking weed. By 13, I'm getting drunk. And by 15, I was kicked out of school for selling drugs. And so here I am, I'm like breaking the houses, stealing cars, running with guns, getting shot at from the cops, hurting people. Like it's some movie stuff, right? And I get a call one day from one of our, our uh, counselors at school. And they're like, Hey, you need to come to school and talk to the Dean. And I'm like, for what you guys kicked me out of school. Like we're done here. Right. And turns out they were going to allow me into a last chance program. This is really important, especially when we get into the business context, because this last chance program, they were going to teach us how to write resumes and cover letters and do interviews and build computers and things like that. And so literally, that's what happened. I started learning all of these really practical skills at 16 and 17 years old, which would play, pay massive dividends as my life would progress. And so you saw in my grades, like suddenly I had straight A's. I was captain of the wrestling team on the football team, like dating a cheerleader. Like it was all of those things. And then what happened is my, my grandmother let my mother move back in with us. Now, I understand something today that at 18 years old, I didn't understand. My mom, for the first time, had actually been sober. And so we thought everything was different. Well, within a month of her living back with my grandmother, she was back to hiding pill bottles, drinking a fifth of vodka a day. And now I realize and I understand she was in the place of her trauma, of her abuse, and that was her coping mechanism. But Britt, I had to make a decision. And so at 18 years old, I told my mother, I will never talk to you again. And the right. reason why is because I recognized the truth. Like I knew what was going to happen if I did not put some massive boundaries in my life. There's no way we'd be having this conversation had I not done that. Right. Well, because of the impact of all that, the thing that happens, I end up getting kicked out of school. I don't graduate high school. I get sent to summer school. All my friends are like, you're a loser. We're never going to talk to you. You know, I'm the black sheep of the school. And the irony of it is it was my business teacher who failed me. And so I go to school one day and he's like, I'm standing in the hallway and I'm like, how dare you fail me? Right. Just being this like honorary 18 year old, he goes, <laughs> I didn't fail you. You failed yourself. And then he told me the most important thing anyone has ever told me. He said, if you want something in life, you have to earn it. You can't get by in your charm and your good looks. So I had to go to summer school. And I still was like messing up, not doing the thing. And then this weird thing happened where the teacher goes, we're done with you. We're giving you the diploma. We just want you the hell out of here. Good luck with the rest of your life. Hopefully you don't get murdered. And so it's this really weird, like juxtaposition, right? And I'm working some warehouse job, putting microchips into motherboards all day long, 12 hours a day, watching the despair in people's eyes, right? This is the place where people go to watch their dreams die. And here I am 18 right. years old. I get, I get fired uh, probably because I was stoned. And so I'm sitting in my car and I'm like, okay, time out, dude, hold on. 
what is going on here? What is the solution for poverty, for homelessness, for abuse, for all the things happening in my life? I was like, oh, it's money. It's got to be like, what else could it possibly be? And in that moment, I made a declaration to myself. No matter what, by the time I'm 21, I'm going to make $100,000 a year legally. And that legal part was super important, right? I have family in prison for life. I've been in handcuffs more times than I can count. And my three childhood best friends have been murdered. So I knew what was going to happen to me if I didn't do something vastly different. And so I just started taking these skills I had learned in this last chance program, writing resumes, cover letters, interviewing. And I land a job at a fast food restaurant. I'm 18 years old in a management role with 52 people under me doing a million dollars a year in burgers and fries. Yo, I'm talking about, we're going to get into business shit. Everything I've ever learned literally came from that because we were doing $10,000 hours selling cheeseburgers, right? And it was chaos. And trust me when I say I made every mistake that an 18 year old in that environment will make. And so that burned me out. I hated it. It was miserable because I worked 60 hours a week. I was making like 27 grand a year, which at 18 is like a million bucks. Right. But I didn't realize the exchange of time and energy and for money. And so I'm like, okay, hold on a second. There's gotta be something else. I've got to move towards this goal of a hundred thousand a year. And so I just kept trying different things, learning more skills. Well, fast forward to right before I turned 21, listen to this. I landed a job with a fortune 10 company with no high school diploma and no college education. And I'm cash my first check for $10,000 the month of my birthday. Oh my gosh. And I almost hit the goal. I came short. I only made $96,800 that year, but I came close. You came so close. And I just started making all this money killing it in sales, crushing it. I'm driving an $80,000 car. I'm going to age myself. I'm wearing Sean John suits. Like I'm wearing rock aware stuff. Like my closet costs more than people made in a lifetime. I got all these shoes, all this crazy lifestyle. I'm 26 years old. I've made almost a million dollars at 26. I'm making more money than everyone I know, except there's a bunch of problems in my life. I'm 350 pounds. I'm smoking two packs a day. I'm drinking myself to sleep. I'm high from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed. I'm cheating on my girlfriend. My little brother literally goes, never talk to me again. You're not my brother. And I'm $50,000 in debt. Money does not solve your problems. I don't give a shit what anybody says. I don't care what you think. Money is not going to do anything but show you who you are. And so I have this rock bottom moment. And I'm laying in bed one morning. It's a Saturday morning. I'm 350 pounds sitting here smoking a joint, eating chocolate cake and watching the CrossFit games. It's like, it doesn't get any more rock bottom than this, right? And I pull myself up. I go into the bathroom, looking at myself in the mirror and I'm like, dude, what is happening? And I remember being eight years old. And the water company had come and turned our water off. Now, look, they were always turning off our water, our heat, our electricity. We were always getting evicted. And for whatever day, for whatever reason on this day, I go into my backyard, little eight-year-old me, 
I grab this little blue bucket. I walk across the street to our neighbor's house. And for the first time, I stole water. And I remember being like, when I'm a grown up, this will not be my life. And so it wasn't my life in so many ways, but it was because I was still that hurt, lost little boy. And in that moment, I realized the truth. I was breaking the promise I had made to myself. I was not keeping my commitment. I was not honoring my journey. And I asked myself a question. What are you willing to do to have the life that you want to have? The answer became no excuses, just results. And 12 years later, here I am talking to you. What a powerful story. And I I completely relate with you. Like money doesn't solve anything. I mean, it can help pay bills and whatever else. And, you know, you're, you're financially stable, but it doesn't heal trauma. If you don't, if you don't take care of that, the money means nothing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing about it too, which is really fascinating is now the way I look at and perceive money is this concept you hear it all the time is about energy is about this exchange. And I I think that one of the things that I've been able to do in my life is to take that money and invest in myself, you know, because when I was, when I was 26 and I started this journey, I saw an ad for a Brendan Burchard course. Right. And I was Mass. I mean, I was literally 50 grand in debt. I was borrowing money to pay my rent, even though I'm making all that. It was crazy, right? Because I didn't have that healed space. And so this course comes up and I see it, it's 50 bucks. And I'm like, how the hell is this guy going to help me? 50 bucks? I don't even have it. But then I was like, well, I'm already 50 grand in debt. What's 50 more dollars? And that became a cornerstone for me because I I remember this distinctly. I looked down at my shoes. And they cost more money than I'd ever invested in myself. And so many of us, we will buy the Louis bag, we'll buy the $80,000 car, we'll buy the whatever. But it's like, okay, think about this. You put more value on external possessions than you do the value of yourself. Like I'll literally have people email me and be like, your $9 book is too expensive. And I'm like, well, that's (laughs) That's okay. I get it because I've been there. But let me ask you a question. Are you willing to not watch Netflix for a month to watch your life be different? And Britt, the heartbreaking part of this is that sometimes the answer is no. Right. It truly is. I mean, I've helped hundreds of thousands of people around the world. One of the biggest podcasts on the planet. I've interviewed everybody. Everybody's interviewed me. Right. And the thing is, like, I don't know anything anybody doesn't know except I was willing to put my fucking money where my mouth is. And you've Mm got to be willing to do that because if you don't, nothing changes. And so when I think about that initial investment, it was scary, right? Because I didn't have any money. And as I've grown, I invest more and more and more courses, masterminds, coaching. I mean, even in the podcast thing, I, I, I invested in with John Lee Dumas, who everybody knows is like the fucking OG of podcasts. And I won't get into how much it was, but I paid John Lee more money for 10 minutes than anyone I've ever paid anything in my whole life. Right. Right. And the thing is, it's like, how do you keep doing that? How do you level up? How do you grow? How do you get the information you need faster, quicker, and more available? You got to invest in yourself. And so for some people, the truth is it's you start at the library, 
That's literally where I started this journey. Still, I'd say 90% of the books I read come from the library, right? It's free. Your tax is already paying for it. So you might as well use it. And so right. it's like, start where you're at. Don't beat yourself up. I mean, like I think about it, I've had coaching sessions with people who the amount of money it costs to be with them is more money than a lot of people will make in an entire year. Right. But I couldn't do that at the beginning. And so you really just have to start where you are and not judge yourself about it, not give yourself shame or guilt about it because you have to close a gap, right? And, and the gap that on my whiteboard, you can't see it. There's a giant picture I drew that says close the gap because here I am today as this person that I believe that I am. And here I am over here on the other side of this gap as the person that I want to be. And the only thing separating me between that person that I want to be and where I'm at is time and skill. And if you can get those things shortened, gain skill faster and leverage time to move with action quicker, you close that gap. And so I look at that, I go, that's the 10 year plan. How can I do it in six months? And, and honestly, the way that you do it is money resources, utility, exchange of value and energy. And right. so I think ultimately that that's where this whole journey starts mentally, emotionally, everything starts with an investment in yourself. And at, at first it might be time because you have sweat equity and you don't have a penny to your freaking name. And then eventually right. it's like, okay, $5, 25, 50, a hundred, a thousand, 10,000, 25,000. And that's just the thing. Start where you're at. Right. And you got to value yourself, value yourself enough to know that this investment for yourself is so worth it. And you're worth that, you know, and it, it's, it is sad because a lot of people don't see the value in it and they don't value themselves enough to do it for themselves. Um, so, yeah, like you said, you just got to start where you're at and just do it. And like you said, had you not done any of that kind of stuff, you wouldn't be where you are today. Right. So. Yeah. And, and look, it's scary. And the thing about valuing yourself, look, that's so hard because think about this. If you grow up like I grew up, which a yeah. lot of people do, which is devastating. Go look at the stats around adverse childhood experiences. Chances mm -hmm. are you're one of the 83% of people in America who has had an adverse childhood experience, a parent that went through a divorce, parents that didn't take care of you, parents that hurt you physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, sexually. Maybe it's you had a learning disability. Maybe someone in the family committed suicide. Maybe someone in the family went to prison. Chances are you've been impacted by one of those, maybe more than one of them, right? Uh -huh. And so I, I go through and I learn this information and one of the things that started to really make sense to me was this idea and this notion that the reality is that the experiences of our past, they impact and they create who we are. You, you cannot be free of that. I interviewed Dr. Gabor Mate, who's the leading researcher and scientist around trauma and addiction. And we were talking about depression. And he goes, man, the reason why people get depressed is because they depress their emotions. They push down and stuff down who they are. Thus, that thing wants to rage out of us, but we keep stuffing it down. So we learn to cope with hiding from our truth through drugs drugs, alcohol, sex, money, business, like whatever. And the reality is this thing about valuing yourself is so tied into the experiences of your past, because if you have a parent, if you have a community, if you have teachers, if you have peers who are like, you're not good enough, you're a loser, you're stupid, you're dumb, you're ugly, you're fat, you're never going to amount to anything, you're a piece of shit, nobody cares about you. You start having that narrative strew around in your brain when you're eight years old and you're trying to develop emotionally and mentally into the person that you're going to be. 
Well, the thing that happens is when you understand and look at the way that the brain actually works is based in two, two spectrums, right? One, survival. Everybody knows that. We talk about it all the time. Your brain is built for survival, nothing else. Well, the other aspect that people often miss is that the brain makes meaning of the experiences that we go through. And so since it's making meaning, if it's in a survival state, it's looking at all the things it should or should not do to make sure that you stay alive, right? And right. so think about this. If the most dangerous thing that you can do is be you, well, wouldn't you turn off? Wouldn't you stop being you? Because if being you means you're going to get your head slammed into a wall or people are going to pick on you or bully you because you dyed your hair pink or you wear that certain backpack or maybe whatever it is that it is that makes you who you are. Well, your brain says, okay, hold on, time out, pause. I have to survive. Okay, if I have to survive, but being me becomes the most dangerous thing that I do, I'm going to stop being me. Right. And then you survive. And then you're 8, 12, 17 years old, and that serves you. It creates purpose in your life. Even though it sucks, people will learn to chameleon and bend and pretend. We've all done it. We've all at some point in our life pretended to be something that we were not. So we fit in with other people. It's yep, just the name 100%. Until yeah. you recognize that you don't have to. And this is where belief comes into play. You go, okay, but most people don't believe that they're worth it. Well, the reason why is all that stuff. Okay. That's so true. now, now what happens is you are able to make meaning of that because you're looking at life on this linear spectrum of going, oh, okay. This domino fell, which went boom, put me where I am today. And so because of all those, I have to reverse engineer the chaos of my life in this moment, all the way back to third grade where Miss Smith laughed at me for making the moon purple and ostracized me in the classroom that made me want to be scared to stand up for myself, to right. raise my hand, to create the art that I want to create. And you right. have to be able to recognize that the only way you're going to find success in life, especially especially in business and entrepreneurship is to heal that wound, that piece of you that is so tied into the past that you cannot go forward. And until you do that, nothing's going to be different. Most people are like, actually, it's funny because I just talked about this yesterday. I was having a conversation and I said something that makes a ton of sense to me. The ultimate form of healing trauma is to become an entrepreneur. Because it's the one space on planet earth where you're going to have to face your demons, where you're going to have mm -hmm. to figure out who you are, where you're going to have to decide the space in which you want to operate in the world. Because every, I got goosebumps talking about this. We are so good at reading inauthenticity as a species that when we see people full of shit in business, we don't support them. And if you're right. full of shit in business, guess what? A, it's going to come out eventually and B, you're probably not going to be successful. But think about 100%. this. If you're, if you're full of shit in business, maybe it's because you've been chameleon and hide. That's not a word. Being a chameleon and hiding since you were seven years old. Right. It all has rhyme and reason. There's causation and correlation in all of this. And so the, the biggest thing that you want to do, those people who are like, I don't believe in myself enough to spend $5. It's because the only thing that they've ever heard is you don't matter and you're not enough. So why bother to begin with? And the right. only way that you change that narrative is you do it anyway. A hundred percent.
Thank you for sharing all that valuable insight. And it's so true what you're saying. And you would know, like you've been through it, right? And and um, it's really, it's it's nice that we were able to talk about, you know, the reasons behind the way, uh, behind all of this as well, you know, because a lot of people just like assume, like myself, you know, when I mentioned, you know, they don't see the value in, the, in themselves to invest, right? But now that you're talking about it, you know, you really broke it down as to why they feel that way which is important because a lot of us like overlook that right so yeah and, and the thing is it's like you you can overlook it but it stares you in the mirror right go look at yourself in the mirror everything you need to know about the truth of who you are is right there and those willing to do that will have a different life you know, I talked about that when I was 26, I looked in the mirror and I had that memory of being eight years old. Like that's for real. That, that yeah. was, everything became different because I made a decision to face the discomfort of my reality and, and those willing to do it. I'm telling you, like your life will be different. It just will. There's no way it can't be because at that moment in time, you're going to come to truth and you're going to come to acceptance that two things, one you get to give yourself a get out of jail free card. You're right. not culpable for all of the things that led to that moment. It's not your fault. And people have got to be able to leverage that. But on the other side of it, and this is what fucks people up. From that moment forward, everything is on you. Mm-hmm. 100%. So let's talk about where you are today in your business. Do you mind just touching, touching on that for the listeners? Yeah. So, you know, think unbroken, we're heading into year six now and, and initially, so I'm a writer first, right? That's the right. way I always think about myself. And, and I like to write, I write blogs, I write books, I write blah, 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 blah. Right. And so that's where this really all started. I was writing some blogs. I was just sharing some information and then it turned into people being like, Hey, will you coach me? And I was like, nope, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. No, thanks. And it wasn't because I was scared of it. It's just because I didn't want to, right? I was right. in my own place. But luckily I had a person who was like, dude, you have to help me. I'm not going to leave you alone. Thank God for that, right? And yeah. over the years, the business has evolved. So writing books, speaking on some of the biggest stages in the world, having the podcast, having coaching programs, online events, in-person events, um, all the things. Like, you know, here's what I think about. This is an entire ecosystem that we drive revenue in a multitude of ways, right? We drive revenue through the podcast. We drive revenue through the book sales, through the speaking engagements, through the online courses, through the in-person courses, the online events, through everything, right? Because I'm, it's not, it's not that we don't have 30 free lead magnets, because I assure you we do, but right. ultimately, you know the truth of the reality. We nurture our lists and we show up for people and we build community and we we ultimately have offers for people because those who pay, pay attention. And, you know, there's a lot of different things that we do, but predominantly the number one thing that we do is we help people. It, yeah. It's really simple. You know, David Meltzer, who's an amazing friend who I love dearly, you know, he, he wrote a, a book called connected to goodness. And in that book, he talks about the way he sees the world. And I actually really, really align with this. He goes, the, the mission is to make a lot of money, help a lot of people have a lot of fun. And that's the thing. Like, I love this, right? It's crazy. Like, I'm, and it surprises people because I'm actually an introvert, um, massive introvert, 
but there's nothing okay. that brings me more more thrill than being on stage, than talking to thousands of people, than being wow. in, this, in this space to execute. And so what we try to do every single day is just empower people. The mission, look, right. let me be very clear. I know this is entrepreneur and business show. Our mission is not to make money. I mean, do we want to make money? Yeah, we need to keep the lights on. Do we want to make profit? Yeah, we want to be profitable. Do we want to go from six figures to seven figures, which I think we're probably going to do in the next year? Yeah, 100%, right? But ultimately, it's how do we empower the tens of thousands of people who consume the podcast every day? How do we empower the people who follow on social and reply to the email? Like, here's one of the crazy things that we do. Talk about the state okay. of the business. If someone emails me, I email them back. Who would have thought that that's of- something you should do? You know your people back. If someone DMs you, DM them back. Connect, right. build community, right? The, the Think Unbroken Academy app, which is a community. I mean, we've got like 700 people in there. I get messages every single day. You better believe I reply to every single person. I send an email newsletter out. I'm going to get a hundred responses and I'm going to email every one of those people back. That and is so, incredible because I know so many businesses that uh, and entrepreneurs that don't. You know? and, they're, and the thing that's happening is they're losing because they think the thing that they need to do is to only serve those that are paying them. I look at LTV, right? I'll, seriously, I go, okay, what's the lifetime value of one email, one response, one 30 seconds out of my life? Like on a long right. enough timeline, it could be a quarter million dollars. You never know yes. who's on the other side of that. You know, one, one email response that I had two years ago, led down this path in which I ended up going to 10X Growth Con. I end up meeting a guy who had spoken at it previously, which ended up giving me the opportunity to pitch Think Unbroken in front of Grant Cardone and 10,000 people, which ended up making him an investor in the company where he gave me money, which ended up letting me leverage that and creating... I would say from just the 10X community alone, some of the greatest relationships of my life. And you don't have 12 seconds to reply to an email or a DM, you're out of your mind and you're not going to be successful. And so my state of my business is very simple, community. That's the only thing that we do. And that's the thing that people miss out on all the time. They think it's about yeah. money. They think it's about the bottom line. They think it's about the number of units sold. They think it's this, 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 and this. I mean, and I don't even really talk about this, but I run an e-commerce company with my business partners and we're going to do 5 million this year, right? Wow. And, and we do that through community, right? We right. do that through building people up, through empowering them. And that's the same thing that applies here. The, the thing that's really interesting, and you know, I, I'll go rewind this all the way back to Crush It, Gary Vee's okay. book. I read that book and I read the thank you economy and I read start with why. And I read, uh, you know, all of these books early on. And do you know what all these guys have in common? Look, I have freaking goosebumps again. The one thing, all these massively go look at Tom Bilyeu with uh, quest nutrition. What did these guys do? They all built community. Get your thousand fans, your thousand fans. And I promise you, please. And I honestly think that, you know, just switching that mindset from, you know, it's not about the money. It's how many people's lives can we change that will build that community that will, you know, in the long, long run, really grow your business. You know, how many people are you going to change their lives? You know, thinking at it a different perspective than instead of just thinking about the money, you know, answering those messages, like you said, really actually caring about the person. Well, two reasons people don't do that. One, they're scared. 
They don't believe that they are actually the authority in their space. And so they're afraid to actually have the back and forth with people. Right. Right. Which is one of those things. Like if you don't have that back and forth, you're in trouble. And two, which was my mistake in my first business that actually failed when I go back about 12, 13 years ago was I was focused on the numbers and I, I put a dollar sign on your forehead and I was like, Brittany is worth $86. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's a huge mistake. And when you realize like the ROI of connecting and building a community is infinitesimal. I mean, when you change your thought process around that, it becomes everything. Absolutely. And so with your business, you know, we talked about some of the the wins. Um, I actually, I was curious, what were the biggest, um, some of the biggest stages that you spoke on? Yeah. So, I mean, I've spoken in New York City with Jen Gottlieb and and her amazing um, Unfair Advantage Live. I've spoken uh, in, I mean, literally all over the world because I've right, toured my right. own self. Uh, I've spoken on Grant, Cardone, Grant Gardone's stage. I've been yeah. on some of the biggest podcasts in the world, like Dr. Caroline Leaf. I've been on Entrepreneur on Fire, Unbeatable Mind with Mark Devine, Mental Health illness, mental illness, happy hour. And, and look, to me, like podcasts are the biggest stages on planet Earth right now. A hundred percent. You know, sometimes I'll go be on a show and I'll get like a unbelievable number of emails from people who listen. Right. And, and I think that, you know, you can look at that. You can go look at the traditional stages. I've done those. I've built my own. We have our own platform, like unbroken conference is going to have thousands and thousands of people at it. And, you know, so it's to me, big is not the number thing. It's about the impact thing. And, and so when I think about some of the people who've allowed me a beautiful space, like this conversation, for instance, to talk about this stuff, like that's the biggest one because they all matter. Absolutely. So when, I know we touched earlier a little bit on the podcast, but when did you start the podcast and what kind of intentional actions did you take to really get it going? Like, when did you decide, okay, I'm going to start this podcast and this is why I'm starting it. Can we touch on that a little bit? Yeah. So I actually started my first podcast in 2012. So a decade ago when I had my other company. Uh, but it was really hard then because you had to figure out how to upload and do RSS feeds and figure out how to download. It was so it was so difficult. And we recorded six episodes. We put them out. And then I was just like, this is too cumbersome. If I had known now what I knew. Right. And so. Right. Coming back and building Think Unbroken podcast started because I recognized something as an entrepreneur and business owner. I consider myself to be a, a marketer first. Because if people don't know you, you can't ever do business with them. And so I've always been thinking about like, how do you build a business online and socially? And so the community aspect is obviously a big part of it. But if I go look at the first business, I used to, this is interesting. I used to be an international award-winning destination wedding photographer. And so when I built that business, I did it on the back of Google AdWords where I was getting eight to 10 cents a click. I did it on the beginning of the Facebook ad space in which you could get people driving to your website for like a penny, right? I did it when you could actually spend money on ads that converted at a way that made it a great attribution to the business model. It's not that it still doesn't. Ads still 100% work. They just cost way, 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 way more. The thing that I recognized as I started making the podcast a serious effort and building Think Unbroken podcast was the scale of economy was starting to go away in the ad space, 
because it was just costing more and more and more and more for a customer attribution. And so I thought to myself, what's something I can control? You don't get to control social media algorithms. You don't get to even really control email newsletter opens. You don't get to really control much of anything except a podcast. I can put out what I want, when I want, how I want all the time. Now I have to drive people to that podcast, right? But I'm not tied to the algorithm of going, I released the episode and nobody's going to listen. Now, let me be very clear. This was a marketing decision and I am in this place where I knew that I needed to do, to do two things. You asked me about intention. One, I needed to create value and give people literally everything. So Every, literally everything. My courses are on the podcast. My books are on the podcast. My speaking events are on the podcast. Everything that costs any money is available, literally on the podcast. Now we're 500 episodes in, so you got to go do some digging, but it's all right. there. So I knew that first and foremost, it was about creating massive value for people. Again, going back to this idea of jab, 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 right hook to cite Gary V again. And the other aspect of it is I knew that it was a marketing vehicle that I had full control over. I yep. knew that even five years ago when I started it, that I would have all the say in it. What I what I didn't know at the time that has played such a massively pivotal role for the brand is that it would become the number one marketing vehicle for everything that we do. And, and what I mean by that is we'll do a million downloads this year, okay? But we'll do between impressions on social, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, um, YouTube clips, Reels, Shorts, Pinterest, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn, all of that. I mean, we're going to do like seven to 10 million impressions this year. A hundred percent you will. Yeah. Like that's the and great you, thing about podcasts. You can just go anywhere. And we just them, repurpose honestly. everything. Yeah. Right. And so we repurpose everything. So I don't have to sit down and go and create a huge content calendar. I don't have to go and do all the things that traditional marketing requires. I just got to right. sit down for 24 minutes and record a show, give it to my team, break it up, hit the SOPs, put it out on all the things. And effectively, this is a terrible way to phrase it, but it's a spray and pray because we'll have yeah. stuff hit. We'll have stuff drop that gets one view. No bullshit. Like I'll show you, if you don't believe me, I'll show you my shorts. We'll drop uh, something where I'm like, oh, that one is the best one we've done. It'll get one view. And then I'll post something where I'm like, all right, that's good enough. 15,000, 25,000, 40,000. And so it's really just a, the, the podcast for me has become this vehicle. And what I understand to be that I believe to be true is that this space is just getting started. The people who are worried, who are like, it's too late. I'm like, nope, you're dumb. What you need to do is go start a podcast immediately. And then you yeah. need to do the more important aspect of it. And that's have continuity. Put it out when you say you're going to put it out. Yo, we put out an episode every day. Yeah. Every day. You're, you're consistent, days. you know? And yeah. so with your, with your podcast, now, do you do um, all interviews or do you do a little bit of solos and interviews or we, how do you yep, do we do go so, about that? We, so we do four things. We do solos. We do mm -hmm. interviews with guests. We do uh, compilations around a certain theme or topic. And then we do me as a guest for when people give me the full episode. Okay. So those are the four things that we do. And with your guests. So what kind of guests are you bringing on? Uh, I know we, 
I, I, can you share with the people listening? I know that I read it on your website um, and on your podcast, I've, I've taken a look, but how do you find these guests that come on? Do they come to you or do you get referrals or do you find them or how does that work? Yeah. So context, let me, let me be very clear. Nobody's going to listen to your podcast at first for the first year, two years, three years, four years, five years. And then one day people are going to listen to your podcast. So let's be very clear. You got to be patient in this game. I mean, unless yeah. you have a huge marketing budget, like Ed Milet blew his show up because he has a huge marketing budget, right? But unless you do, everybody, you got to go through the trial of it all, right? And Ed's show is mm-hmm. awesome. I'm not being disparaging. I'm just saying it helps if you have money. Right. Um, we've had everybody. I mean, we've had Tom Billu, Lisa Billu, John Lee Dumas, Anthony Trucks, Tim Story. We've had Dr. Caroline Leaf, Judd Brewer, uh, Jenna Kutcher, Amy Porterfield, who never does podcasts, right? And, and the thing is, you got to think about, we have a mental health show and those are powerhouse entrepreneurs, people in personal development, people in marketing, like whatever. We don't talk about business on my podcast. Mm-hmm. So let's be very clear, coming back to intention, the way that I lay it out is to say, hey, I want to have you on my show. Here's how it starts. This is what we do, but we're not going to talk about business. Are you down to talk about real shit? Right. And so how it starts is it's a trickle effect, right? You need to start asking your friends, get them on the show. You're six degrees of separation, right? And now it's probably really mm-hmm. three degrees of separation. And so it starts to snowball effect. You say, hey, I had Brittany on my show, you know, and then Brittany's like, you know, I got this other friend who you might want. And then I'm like, perfect. All right. Do they match? Cool. Let's do it. And then I go, who do you know? And they're like, oh, by the way, I know Tim's story. I'm like, great. Oprah's coach for sure. How do we do that? And then you, you, know, you find you, people absolutely. like- and, and that's how it starts, right? And people are like, I need to immediately go and get superstars. I'm like, that ain't going to work. You have no mm-hmm. credibility. You have no right. credibility, you you have no trust in the marketplace, right? And I will always, always, always give props to my homie, Anthony Trucks, because he was the first dude to let me really get some of his time. And this was in the beginning through, oh God, we must have recorded that almost four years ago. And, wow. you know, nobody knew who I was. And he was like, yep, I'll do it. And now today, because of Anthony, who is also speaking at our conference, who I love dearly, he's like freaking brother to me. Like the thing that happens is it starts this thing. It starts to snowball. And so do we reach out? Yep. Do people reach out to us? Yep. Uh, but the reality is, I'll, I'll tell you this, it's really about as an interviewer, I look at it to, in two ways. Am I going to okay. learn something? And is my audience going to learn something? Because eventually- right. you, you want know, it to be valuable. Yeah. And and 500 episodes in, we've said a lot. We've said a lot. And so then it's kind of like, okay, how do I bring people to the table to have a different kind of conversation? How do I bring people, like, I'll, I'll go back to this example, getting Amy Porterfield on the show when Amy is a person who never does podcasts, who is an online marketing genius who used to work for Tony Robbins, who only has ever talked about business on podcasts and then say, Hey, Amy, do you want to not talk about business and come on this show and talk about mental health? That's a big risk. That that's is. A, yeah. But that's look a what big happened. risk to get told. No. And here's yeah. the thing. I get told no all the time. To, so I had, I had Tom Bilyeu on my show. Tom is my mentor. I've known him for six years. Um, I've had dinner with him many, many, many times. We spent real time together in real life. And 
he was on my show. And I'm, this is for real. I want to share this because it matters. Yes, please do. I asked Lisa Bilyeu to come on my show. I emailed Lisa Bilyeu on January 4th. On July 6th, we recorded. Between January 4th and July 6th, I emailed Lisa Bilyeu 27 times. And people quit after one. You have to understand, like, especially if you want to build a show and you want to get big names. And I'm even the same way. Sometimes I'm just like, yo, shit, sorry. I forgot. I lost it. It's, I, you know, whatever. Life happens. Right. You've got to be relentless. Yeah. Like, no, no doesn't always mean no. Sometimes it means just not right now. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it means my dog died today. Yeah. Right. Sometimes that means I got 37 emails. I got a book launch coming. Sometimes it means, you know, hey, maybe you're not ready yet. I was I was a guest on Mental Illness Happy Hour with Paul Gilmartin. And I emailed Paul literally every month for four years. Crazy. Hey Paul, I think it'd be a great guest. Paul, I'll be the best guest you've ever. Paul, man, let me tell you. Hey, Paul, how's the dog? How's the relationship? Hey, Paul, hey, Paul, hey, Paul. And eventually he's like, Either he was just tired of me or it finally just made sense for me to come on the show. I know right. that mental illness happy hour is one of the biggest podcasts in the world. I have mad respect for Paul. I love that show tremendously. I listen to it all the time, even to this day. And so I knew being on that show would be an amazing move, not only for the, the brand, but also because it's like, I just wanted it. I wanted to be on that show and that I've gotten more emails and DMS from people in that show than any other show I've ever done. But you have Crazy. to understand that uh, to your point, no, doesn't mean no. And a lot of yeah. people are going to tell you no, but that might mean just not yet. And I know people uh -huh. hear this all the time, but you have to put it into practice. You have to put it in practice with business. You have to put it in practice with relationships, with friendships, with everything, right. because patience is the name of the game. Tony Robbins always talks about it. And I know that we're ad nauseum with this, but people really underestimate what they can do in a decade. Think yeah. I'm Broken is a little bit over five years in. I haven't even begun yet. We're not even started. I haven't even tied my shoes yet and look at some of the stuff we've done. So you just got to keep going. Like that's what it got to keep going. To. Right. So with, with your podcast, uh, how has it affected your business? Like, does it do a lot of the people coming on for interviews and whatnot end up, you know, joining one of your programs or courses or, you know, does it, how does it affect your business in that way? Does it at all? Yeah. So the, not from in terms of the guests who come on, but in okay. terms of like the, because we run our own ads against the show. So okay. we are not sponsored by athletic greens. We are not sponsored by Bob's tequila or whatever the hell the, the kitcheny mm -hmm. thing is. We don't do mattress ads. We only push our own product. This is mm -hmm. the thing that I was talking about, about control because of the right. podcast. The thing that I'm able to do is say, Hey, by the way, we have this lead magnet. We have this paid course. We have this limited time offer. We have right. an opening in this event. We have this. So then it brings that. traffic to the business. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. And, and so if you have 10,000 people a day listening, then it's like, Oh, perfect. Chances are some of them are going to go ahead and type in that link. Cause that's the other thing right. about about podcasts, you have to understand there's no link in bio on a podcast. I have to literally run an ad and get people to physically take an action. So we get to create massive value in doing that through saying, Hey, we have something that we believe will transform your life. A hundred percent. Well, I love that. And then 
with the podcast, what has been the biggest, uh, like, you know, we touched on some struggles, but what would you say the biggest like struggle or challenge or change that you had to make for the podcast to really, you know, get going and go, go on yeah, fire, you know what not, I mean? Not taking it seriously, even though I was like, I knew what I wanted to do. When I first started the show, I, I didn't take it seriously. There was no continuity. There was no showing up every day. Like we would we would post an episode and then a week would go by or two weeks or three weeks and then I post another one and then I realized it's because I didn't have an SOP right I didn't okay. really sit down and write the framework so I had something to follow and I had a checklist and then because I did that I was able to give that and hand that off to my team once we built a team around the show and so right. now we have five people who work on the podcast like it's not just me I, I can't do it by myself it, and this right. is why we created a company called pods of purpose where we do podcast production for people and and that's because I was like I did the math I literally sat down well I guess it's not really math I sat down I hit a timer on my phone and I started the entire process from recording through the entirety of the deliveries of the SOP because of the way that I create them. And it took me nine hours, Wow, nine hours of production. Right. And so it's hard to reason, do it all in your own, right? You got to have well, people doing it with you. Absolutely. You've, you've got to do it on your own unless you're making money in the business that can support mm -hmm. bringing somebody on to manage that. And so when I didn't have that because the business was new, I just did it all. And so it made a lot right. of restless, sleepless nights. And if I could rewind the one thing that I would do, like no joke, I would just hit record and hit publish. I would not worry about any of the content. I would just make right. sure that every Tuesday at 9 a.m. a freaking episode came out. Right. right. And so people are like, how do you do a daily show? I'm like, I got five people on this team. That and do the people do on the podcast, do they do like, are these people doing the editing and stuff like that? Or is it just, they're doing interviews for you as well? Or how does that work? No, 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 no. I only do the interviews. So okay. uh, ultimately, even though think unbroken is a brand, Michael Unbroken is a personal brand that ties into that. Right. And I, I right. will never so, have anyone else do an interview on my show. Right. Um, and so they do production, they do reach out, they do scheduling, they do social follow media ups. content posting, they do follow-ups, they do all the stuff. Yeah. So it. what it effectively does is a simple way to phrase it. It makes me the talent. So all I right. have to do is come on, hit record, make sure it gets uploaded and that's it. Everything else that is That takes that. a lot off of your plate and, you know, and then you can keep so consistent that way, you know, posting yeah. and do yeah. you've got the help to do it now. Right. So yeah, I love exactly. that. That's amazing. Yeah. And what is your biggest focus and desire with your podcast this year? Like, yeah, you know, we we've done some really substantial numbers. We've been as high mm -hmm. as number 39 in the US, number 36 in Canada. We've been as high as number 8 in Ireland, number 9 in love Switzerland, it. number 4 in Barbados. We're big in Barbados. Um, love it. <laughs> but my goal is to have the number 1 mental health podcast on planet Earth in every single country at the same time. And so that's just going to take more continuity, more action, more effort, more energy, more um, creating and building community, more hitting the newsletter, more getting leads, more everything. So it's take what we've done, 100 exit and, and just be patient. I mean, ultimately that's the goal. I want the biggest show in the world. I mean, there are people still, I can't get on the show. It's like, I can't get the rock. I'm like, well, nobody can, but I want him. Like, I'm like, that's a goal. I want the rock to be on my show right? That matters to me. I want, you know, people who are leaders in this space, Tony Robbins, he keeps telling me no, right? Tony Robbins will be on this damn show within the next 24 months. No, it doesn't mean no. It. Yeah, 
exactly. Yeah, I guarantee He's going to be right? on it. You know, Absolutely. and so, so the, the goals are to do that, to get a big show, to continue to drive revenue, to put the brand to seven figures. Um, and, and then just to keep going, right. This is, this is a, a journey. Like I recognize that I built multiple million dollar businesses before they don't happen overnight. And it's right. just about patience. That's all it is. Absolutely. It's about patience and action. And action. Absolutely. So I know we're getting close to the end of the episode here. We have a few more minutes, but I just wanted to see, uh, have one more question with you um, before we jump off. So say you were to double or triple your profit and what profit and revenue in one year, what would some of the new challenges be? Well, it's always scaling, right? And putting mm -hmm. people in the mm -hmm. position to do revenue driving activities. You know, right. one of the things that's really great is, so I've been, again, in leadership since I was 18 years old. I know what it's like to run big teams, uh, well, big-ish teams. I know what it's like to create actions around revenue driving activities. I know what it's yeah. like to scale an, a startup and and create millions of dollars in revenue. And uh -huh. the one thing you always run into is not that, it's not scaling in terms of people, it's scaling in terms of systems. And so the bigger that you get, the more systems that you need in place. And, and people think, so Brandon Dawson, I love this dude so much. If you don't know who Brandon Dawson is, he's Grant Cardone's business partner. Um, he sold his company for 77 times EBITDA. He was the youngest person to ever, at, at that point, the youngest person to ever ring the bell at the New York Stock Exchange. He's a freaking business genius. Yeah. And he said something that I think about every single day as Think Unbroken grows and as we grow the team and we grow what we're doing, he said, you'll never be able to hire someone to solve your problems. And so the thing that I know is going to be the biggest pain in my ass as we grow is be, and because I hate it is documenting everything. And, and so no matter what we do, there's always going to be me sitting down, going into creating loom videos, documenting, because that's the way that we create success. You have to have repeatable actions, mimic model and right. master. And so I'll go document it. I'll hand it off to the team. And then it's just like, now that it's done, we know what to do. And, but, and it and can that, be duplicated, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you're effectively duplicating yourself and putting yourself out of a job, right? As, as the company and brand continues to grow, there's more and more activities that I should never be doing. And so it's always about looking at those activities, putting a line down a piece of paper and saying, what do I need to do? Like, what do I need to do? Not do I want to do? What do I need to do? You start with what right. do I need to do? Then you move to what you want to do. And then you go to what I hate doing. You pawn off everything that you hate doing. You kind of do what you can want to do because you can't always do what you want to do because it's a freaking business. And then you make sure you always do what you need to do. And so as we grow, it'll continue to do that where in the same way I pulled myself out of the podcast and the outreach and the, all of that stuff, I'll pull myself out of a lot of the things that don't need my attention. Right. Right. And, and that's just the, the name of the game is figuring out and identifying that and having the experience of knowing the bottleneck of not pulling myself out soon enough. Um, I'll make sure that we do that in the future as we scale. Absolutely. Well, I love what you're doing, Michael. It's absolutely incredible. I'm so happy you have that podcast and it is going to get to be the biggest podcast for mental health. I just know it. And, and like you said, those no's, they're just not right now. They're not going to be no's forever. So I love the way you think and your mindset is it's absolutely amazing. I'm, I, it was an absolute pleasure having you on today, sharing all this valuable insight with the listeners. It's, 
incredible. So thank you so much. But before we jump off, would you mind just sharing with the people listening, you know, if anyone wants to connect with you, the best way to go about reaching you. And I know that you, you know, you do answer people. So um, whichever way is best for you, let them know how they connect, connect, connect with you. For sure. Um, Think Unbroken Podcast is obviously where you can find all the content and information that we put out. I'm on social at Michael Unbroken, uh, and then you can join our free community with thousands of other trauma warriors if you go to thinkunbrokenacademy.com. Amazing. Again, thank you so much, Michael. Absolute pleasure having you on. I hope to have you on again in the future. I love everything that you're doing. And thanks so much for sharing your powerful uh, story as well, because I know that that'll speak to people and there's going to be people who are able to relate to that. And, you know, um, it's, it's, I'm, I'm very happy that you were able to do that for us today. My pleasure, my friend, anytime. Thank you. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like, and subscribe. If you're a six-figure or higher entrepreneur and want to come on the show, just like Michael did today for an interview, please go to podcastrebels.com. We'd love to interview you as well. Thanks again, Michael. Thanks, everybody. Catch you on the next episode. Bye. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.